I bet as Edward couldn't see me, he thought I'd done a runner. That would have got him worried, wouldn't it? Well, as many of you will know, we're, we are in a series called What on Earth Are We Here For? What is our purpose in life? And it's a great question to ask. I only hope you're not thinking to yourselves, what on earth am I here for halfway through this talk? <laughs> but particularly when we're younger, haven't we asked the questions, what do I want to be? What should I do with my life? What am I here for on planet Earth? What are my goals, my ambitions, and my dreams? And so many books have been written on just this. But by focusing on self, we will never, ever achieve or reveal our life's purpose as God intended. As Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, which we base this series on, says finding our real purpose in life doesn't start with self, but starts with God and what his ambitions and his goals are for our life. And God's purpose in our life is for us to be in a a living relationship with him, upholding him as Lord of our life on a 24-7 basis. And as Edward mentioned earlier, in the last few weeks, we've looked at how we're formed for God's family, how we're created to become more like Christ. And today, from the parable of the vine and the branches, we're looking at how we're shaped to serve God and bear fruit with the gifts that he's blessed us with. Now, before I start my talk, I'd like us all to think that if Jesus sat down with us today for our individual half-term report, what ranking out of 10 would he give us for the way that we serve him, with the gifts that he's blessed us with, and the fruit that we bear for his glory? What ranking out of 10 would he give us? And please be sure that I'm asking myself this question too. But I'll come back to this later. Well, Jesus starts his parable from today's reading by saying, I am the true vine. And to put this into context, over and over again in the Old Testament, Israel is pictured as the vine or vineyard of God in an unattractive way. Isaiah described Israel as a vine run wild. Ezekiel likens Israel to an empty vine. Jeremiah says Israel turned into a corrupt and a wild vine. Jesus was saying that he is the true vine, implying that although they were Jews that he was speaking to, the only thing that could save them was to have an intimate living fellowship and belief in him. He was the vine, and they, they must be the branches joined to him. Now, you may have heard me say before that when Jesus mentions the same word two or three times in the passage, we must sit up and listen. And he mentions the same word ten times in the first ten verses of our reading. Now, is anyone brave enough to shout out what that word was? Well, almost. Fruit is mentioned eight times, and I was coming on to that. But the word is remain. He was the vine, and they had to remain grafted into the vine in order to bear fruit. 
That's how important these two words were. Remain ten times, fruit eight times. We've got to sit up and listen. And remain is essentially relational. Christ in the Christian and the Christian in Christ. And we must always keep that contact with Jesus the vine. He is the source of life. And this permanent contact with him enables us to live a fruitful life, which brings glory to him. Now, I don't know whether people here today or or viewing online feel particularly special today. Perhaps there are people feeling a little unloved, possibly inadequate, weighed down by life's trials, of which there are many. Well, if that's you, I would like to say that when we remain in Christ the vine and we're shaped by him to serve him, then we're very, very, very special in his eyes. Let me try and explain that from our passage today. Firstly, we're saved by God to bear fruit. In verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Sinless Jesus died on the cross in our sinful place. He died that we might be forgiven. Jesus died to save us. God paid a great price for us, and we owe Jesus our lives. And this is why we must receive Jesus as our Savior and be grafted into that vine. Because otherwise, without Jesus, we'll remain under God's wrath. We can't be shaped by God unless we're joined to him. And as Rick Warren says, once we're joined to him, we're, we're made to last forever. Life on earth is just the dress, dress rehearsal before the real production. And when we live in light of eternity, our values and ambitions change. We have a, a greater desire to serve God and bear fruit with the gifts that he's blessed us with. God doesn't want us to just sit around and wait for heaven. When we're joined to the vine, our eyes are opened to our purpose in life. Secondly, we're people chosen by God to bear fruit. Jesus said in verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you. He called us out of love to be in relationship with him and bear fruit. Paul said to the Romans that we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Everyone here today, and viewing online, everyone here today has at least one God-given gifts. Perhaps several, maybe more. And please don't think yourself of not having a gift at all, because you do. And if you're uncertain, just ask yourself what you feel passionate about. Because when you feel passionate about something and you enjoy doing it, you'll be good at it. And passion drives perfection. And if you don't know, ask the person who knows you best what they think you're gifted at. But God has a ministry for each and every one of us in the church today. And not just in the church, but in our parish, our family, the workplace and the world regardless of our age, our job, our career, if a pensioner, if we're at school or doing the hobbies that we love, 
We're called to Christian service. As Rick says, a non-serving Christian is a contradiction in terms. Anytime we use our God-given abilities for the common good, we are fulfilling our calling. Paul wrote to the Corinthians about one body and many, many parts. There is no small or insignificant service to God. It, it all matters to him. And small and hidden ministries can make a big difference. My daughter used to say, if you can't do great things, do small things in a great way. Never ever believe that you're not good enough to serve. It's not our ability that God is after, but our availability. And we're so much stronger when working together. And thirdly, we're empowered by God and shaped to bear fruit. Look at verse 4 and 5 where Jesus said, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man or woman remains in me and I in him or her, he or she will bear much fruit. Jesus is the source of our gifts and shapes us through his spirit to serve him. Just as a natural vine nurtures its branches to bear fruit. And as we grow in faith, the fruit of the Spirit manifests himself in us and shapes us so that we become more Christ-like in all that we do and think and say. As Rick Warren said, before God created us, he decided what role we should play on earth. He planned exactly how he wanted us to serve him. We are the way we are because we were made for a specific ministry. You know, we're, as Rick said, not an assembly line product, mass produced without thought. We are custom designed, an original masterpiece. We're all original masterpieces. The psalmist said, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is how special we are in God's eyes. And you know, the more we serve him, the more gifts he's going to bless us with. Remember the parable of the talents where one guy gets given five, another two, and the other one. The ones with two and five, they double their talents, while the one chap, the chap with one, he just, he does nothing with it. He just buries it. He doesn't put it to work. Jesus said to the first two, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness, Jesus said. But the guy who was given one talent was called a wicked and lazy servant. And the talent that he had was taken away from him and given to the guy who had more. We have to use our gifts or risk losing them. Now, if you think you might be gifted in an area, well, start experimenting. Until you actually start serving, you may not know what you're good at. Perhaps try things you've never done before. No matter how old we are, just try them. Now, let's all take time out to think our purpose in life, eagerly desiring the greater gifts. 
Let's not be afraid to step out of our comfort zone. Let's ask God for his empowerment, shaping us the way that he wants us to be. We'll all have feelings of inadequacy. But as Paul said, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Let's keep on asking God to develop and shape our gifts, to cultivate them, to nurture them. Gifts can be enlarged and developed through practice. So let's all take advantage of every training and exercise our gifts. Fourthly, God commanded us to love each other and bear fruit. Jesus said this in uh, twice, so let's listen up. Jesus said in verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And in verse 17, he said, this is my command, love each other. He's not asking us kindly, would you mind, if you've got time, might might you just love each other? No, in all authority, Jesus said, no doubt with emphasis, this is my command, it's an order. We're to love each other with all our gifts, which will bear fruit. Food banks are a practical sign of love. And with the cost of living crisis, more and more people are going to need them. Christians against poverty are a practical sign of love. Nigel Gordon and Viv Stockdale and their team are working wonders in the parish. And in fact, Nigel Gordon is about to step down in his position. Is there anyone here today who might be able to replace him? Through CAP, 15 people are becoming debt-free every day nationwide. Helping Ukrainians. Welcome to those here today who are from Ukraine. Helping Ukrainians is a very practical sign of love. Betel, helping people with addictions, is a practical sign of love. You've heard me say today many times that I'm in awe of the great things Maria and Steve and the team do up near Birmingham. Pastoral care, prison fellowship, new hope, looking after the homeless, root and branch helping those in South Africa. And so many other initiatives are practical signs of love. Let's all ponder how we can play a greater part in showing love and compassion to a hurting and needy world today. Fifthly, we're instructed through God's word to bear fruit. Jesus said in in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, how will we know God's command? How will we know his will unless we immerse ourselves in the word of God? God's word, they they help shape us and guide us. Paul said to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you'll be able to approve and test what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Knowing God's word and memorizing God's word through the power of the spirit becomes a foundation stone in knowing God's purpose in our lives today. Six, we're appointed to bear fruit. Jesus said in verse 16, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. What a privilege it is 
to be appointed by the creator of the world to go and bear fruit. Each and every one of us has been appointed by Jesus to utilize our God-given gifts. Paul said to the Ephesians, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God wants to shape and mold us, but are we willing? And finally, we're loved by God to bring him the glory by bearing much fruit. Jesus said in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And again in verse 12 where he says, Love each other as I have loved you. And in verse 8, Jesus explains that it's to his Father's glory that we bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. You see, Jesus is saying that the fruit-bearing, fruit-bearing is a hallmark of discipleship. And that in itself brings glory to God. Let me touch just briefly, and I promise briefly, on the things that prevent us from realigning our purpose in life in serving God wholeheartedly. In a natural vineyard, just as the branches on the vine are damaged by frosts and drought and disease and hail, so our spiritual life is open to damage too. Let me call out just a few. Money and stuff. We have to settle the money issue in our lives. We can't serve two masters. Money and materialism has the greatest potential to replace God in our life. And more people are sidetracked from serving by materialism than anything else. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Do we worship money or worship with our money? If Jesus were with us now, would our giving be different? Busyness. Let's all reflect whether our busyness is focused on godly purposes. Disobedience and temptation. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit, but remain steadfast and obedient. Otherwise, in verse 6, Jesus said, If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. Ill health and bereavement. One can feel very alone at times like this. And it's easy to push God aside in our anger and frustration. But grafted into the vine, God is always with us. We're never alone in our suffering. Many of you will know that Gina and I lost our daughter Sarah some 10 years ago. She was just 23 years old and had had an eating disorder for some time. We thought that she'd become much better and showing signs of improvement. Little did either of us know that she bought some so-called slimming pills off the internet, which raised her metabolic rate, and it was those pills which killed her. She did have a little, a little Christian faith, 
And our hope is that in due course, we will meet her again for eternity. God was with us in those difficult times. And I really don't know how we would have both uh, persevered without him. And if there are people here today going through tough times, then do cry out to God to strengthen you with his spirit of peace and perseverance and self-control. I can assure you that God is an ever-present help in trouble. And you know, God uses the, the times we get hurt because we often, we're often better placed to minister to others. Gina and I, with all our inadequacies, did hold press interviews and go on mainstream TV and, and have radio interviews to try and raise awareness of the dangers of this substance. We try to get it reclassified as a drug, but sadly to no avail. And we even sat down with a couple who had just lost their 18-year-old son taking the same substance. Now, who can minister better to an alcoholic than someone who has recovered from addiction, someone who has fought that demon and found freedom? And the same, too, for people who have experienced grieving and illness and unfaithfulness. People are always more encouraged when we share how God's grace helped us in our times of weakness, as it can help them see light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I don't know what your thoughts were when I asked how Jesus might rank us as individuals out of ten in the way that we utilize our God-given gifts in serving and bearing fruit for his glory. I have to say that I found myself somewhat wanting. But it is a lifetime journey. And as we grow in faith, God helps us to realign our purpose in life from self to him. And he helps shape, mold, and empower us to bear fruit for his glory. No longer do we have that empty feeling or ask the question, what on earth am I here for? Or say, there must be something more to life than this. And I hope as we leave church today, we all feel a sense of how very special we are in God's eyes. When we find God's purpose in life and the fruit of the Spirit manifests himself in us and starts to help shape us, then we find that priceless sense of peace and fulfillment and a feeling of joy and fellowship when together as sisters and brothers in Christ, we serve our great and glorious God, bearing fruit for him because together in his strength, we can bear much fruit. Amen. Well, just before Jeremy comes up, I hope you don't think it's an imposition, but I've asked three questions on our service sheet, and I wonder if you could fill it out today with your name on it. There is a box uh, which says, I don't know if I'm chosen. Well, if that's you, tick it, as we'd love you to find God's purpose in your life. The second box, I would like to serve, but I'm not sure where my gifts lie. Can you help me discern them, please? We'd love to sit down with you and help you discern your gifts. And the third box, I would like to serve, 
Here's where I think my gifts lie. Here's where I already serve. I think it would be really helpful for Edward and the staff team uh, to know these gifts so that we can call upon you. And where together, together, in strength, we can bear much fruit for his kingdom. And if you'd like a little bit more time, there is an email address on there too. So if you'd like a little bit more time to think about it, then do email uh, where you think your gifts lie. Thank you very much.